Monday fun day. What's going on, sports industry enthusiasts? Welcome to the How To Sports Show. I'm your host, Austin Scott. And I hope you're having a great day today because, boy, for me, got off a bit of a tough start. We only have a half hour to work with, just a lot, a lot of technical difficulties, but we're going to make it work. We got a half hour, but have even a better day tomorrow. It's exciting to be back in the Bill Austin Radio Studio live for the second time ever on blazeradioonline.com. For the rest of the semester, the goal is to go live on most Sundays leading into May, so there's a lot of content coming your way. And just like last time, the podcast version of this will be out on Wednesday, but Hopefully, you are listening live right now. But more importantly, we have an awesome guest for today's episode. Joining us is Emmy Award-winning sports anchor for Channel 12 News and Sports, Cameron Cox, who's been there since 2014. Long time, Austin. Yeah, long time. (laughs) Thank you so much for for coming into the studio today on a Saturday morning. I know you're always busy, so just thank you so much for making some free time for this. Man, it's all good, and I want to give props to you, man, because you you pulled this off, man. I know, listen, this is is like reminding me of my college days and like, you know, you had stuff planned and everything was supposed to go right and you know exactly what to do to pull it off and then technology just doesn't work with you or life throws you a curveball. Yeah. That's kind of what this business is, is all about, but you're making it work, man, and, and that's that's what we do on a daily yes. basis. Even like yes. what we do at Channel 12 sometimes, you know, stuff doesn't always go right. I have this saying, there's always a fire in the kitchen. The viewer will never know about the fire in the kitchen because the steak's got to come out good. That's how it works. So Love that. you never know what's going to happen behind the scenes. They never know what's going to happen in the kitchen. They just care about getting a meal, getting everything out like it's supposed to be out. Uh, but they have no idea that half the <laughs> kitchen is burned down. Uh, I love it's, that. It's just what it is, man, sometimes. So I appreciate you having me, man. Um, I, I love what you're doing. I think it's cool that you get different guests from all over the place uh, talking about you know this, this career. There's so many different ways uh, to attack it. And I, I love listening to other people. Yeah. Because there's so many different ways to go about doing this. Your ideas aren't all, I mean, your ideas aren't always the best. You could always learn more from people. And that's what I love about this. Even like, I don't know how many years I've been doing this, 10, 12, 11 years into this. It's always cool to like learn different things. You're like, oh, that's how you do it? All right, that's new. I'll try that. So yeah. it's cool. No, yeah. Well, I, I can already tell that I would like to have an hour with you sometime in the future. I can come back, man. Whatever yeah. you need. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, for sure. Okay, let's, let's just dive right into it. So sure. I ask all my guests the same two questions, right? So for you, was there a defining moment where sports entered your life just growing up as a kid? Talk about how sports entered your life. If there was a moment that sports sort of took over and you were like, wow, this is pretty cool. This is what I like. Um, man, dude, I just remember growing up, always playing sports with my dad, my brother. Uh, grew up in Houston, Texas. We grew up going to Astros games. Dad would bring home season tickets, you know, that his, his, his company would do and, um, He'd like say, hey man, we you get to pick like ten games to go to. So he'd lay the season tickets out all over the table. Be like, all right, what ten do you want to go to, man? We want to go watch Greg Maddox pitch. When's Randy Johnson coming to town? What about Ken Griffey Jr.? Uh, you know, we just go down the list and and, and pick games to go watch. Uh, and, and so, I mean, those are some of the early memories. Um, yeah, going to the Astrodome with my dad and and loving sports. As far as like what I when I, when I knew I wanted to do this uh, when I was nine years old. Went to the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, and uh, this weatherman by the name of Mario Gomez, who worked for KHOU Channel 11 there, was doing his weather live from out there. And uh, he saw me walking by. He's like, hey, kid, you want to come point on the green screen? And so he had me point on the green screen during the weather tease and during, like, his weather. And back then, cell phones were just kind of coming a thing. So dad was, like, trying to get a hold of grandma and grandpa so they could watch. And it was ever since that moment that I wanted to be on TV 
wanted to do something in this. I originally wanted to be a weatherman. Uh, then math was not for me. They start, you know, mm. there's so much math that goes into uh, being a meteorologist, and uh, I, that's the only C I ever made. And so once I realized that math and I would not get along when they started adding letters to it, which I thought was just crazy because it was just supposed to be numbers, uh, that's when I knew weather was probably not for me. And so it would became, uh, you know, journalism, sports, or news, something like that. That's kind of. But ever since I was nine years old, um, wanted to do this, and sports has always been a massive part of my life. I mean, I get excited watching a chess match. I mean, anything that's competition, sign yeah. me up for it all day, every day, that's and fun. twice on Sunday. Yeah, you stole my next question. My next question is, uh, what, what was the moment you decided yeah. that you wanted to, you know, kind of do sports stuff for a little bit? It, living? Just all, kind of, it all kind of blends together. Of you know course, what I mean? Yeah. It just, it's, yeah, I mean, someone who just grew up around it, you just, you always love it, you always want to do it, and so it's, um, they all just kind of mixed the whole, the whole time, and, and I mean, you name it, we've done it all growing up, so it was, it was a sports I just remember like early ages, T-ball, you know, pick up basketball with my friends. We played roller hockey. So, I mean, you name it, we, we tried it growing up. All right. Well, I'm going to try and get your backstory to the best of my ability. But sure. we do want to try and, you know, pick your brain a little bit on, you know, just some of the technical advice and stuff. So let me just kind of go to if you can tell me when it was that okay, yeah, I want to be in the sports industry, but when did you sort of differentiate what you wanted to do specifically, whether that was, I, I saw you have play-by-play experience, yeah. you've done radio stuff, now you're, you've done all of it. I yeah. mean, most, most people do. So was there a, a time in high school, college, where you sort of knew that not only do you want to do sports, but like, I want to be on air, or I want to do this? So I'll, I'll get to that quick backstory. In middle okay. school, we did uh, announcement broadcasting, you know, like we put together shows and uh, did all middle that. Middle school, the, yeah, middle school. Wow. We, did, we did like local announcements on TV there and put together some shows about what's going on in high school. They didn't really have that type of broadcasting program, but uh, my professor, Mr. Mac uh, and Mr. Bell, they uh, they let us do commercials for the district. We shot different things for the school. That's when I really learned how to work a camera and like the storyboard aspect of telling a story. Uh, just because we did so many different things, we shot. Like I said, commercials, we shot different things for the school. We shot different promotional videos for whatever. Uh, and some of the district was, like, buying some stuff from us, which was great. Uh, so that that kind of helped me on the uh, the photography side of it, I, I guess you could say, uh, the videography side of it. Uh, then when I got to college, so the best decision I ever made was going to Eastern New Mexico University, a very small school in Portales, New Mexico, Division II school. Uh, I got to play football for a year out there. But the thing that sold me on it was the broadcast journalism side to it. It's the same thing y'all do here at Cronkite, just we had 20 students. So you guys have how X amount we had 2025. And every day at 5 o'clock on the PBS station, we put together a live 30-minute broadcast. We had a live truck. We did weather. Uh, Britain produced, shot. We had a live reporter who had a lead story. We did sports every day. And so um, it was... You know, I looked at bigger schools like UT, uh, University of Missouri, North Texas, Sam Houston State, and all of them kind of kind of said the same thing. They wanted you to get your feet wet as a college student, get your basics done, and then about you know midway through, then you can join the program, kind of work your way in. Well, I just wanted to be involved. I wanted to sit in the back and like learn. And even though I, I was playing football my first year, you know, the news director there, John Kirby, he kind of brought me in and was like, "Hey, you know, sit down and." Uh, you know, you can watch, sit in the back and listen and all that stuff. And so then it was after my first year, he was like, hey, Cam, you're not going to the NFL. And I go, Mr. Kirby, I know that. <laughs> and so uh, he was like, hey, man, just come on home. 
Let's let's commit you to the program full time. Let's get you in here every day, not running in and out. I mean, because literally, you know, that first year was like meetings, lift, no morning news meeting, try and help write a little bit, class, class, pick up lunch, go back to the newsroom, watch, go to practice, hurry in Man. from practice, grab dinner, catch the end of the newscast, sit in the meeting go home stuff you know what i mean like it was a wild first year so quitting football was the second best decision i ever made mm. and then i thought i was going to be the sports director like i thought i was i was oh. going to just do sports mr kirby did the best thing ever for me he made me do news for an entire year i was the lead news reporter and i also news anchored for the entire year and it was that moment right there that I think really helped my career because it allowed me to see a broader picture of things, not just outside of sports. And that's why I tell a lot of people here, news and sports are the same thing. You're just changing details and scores, but telling a story is the exact same thing. And so it was that moment in my career doing news for that year. I was doing stories on agriculture, you name it, all the above, city hall meetings, like uh, stuff I'd never talked about in my entire life, but it helped me look at things from a different perspective. Um, and so when I was done with news that that, first, that sophomore year, uh, I almost thought about being a news reporter. I was like, ah, I'm good. I'm going to stick yeah. with sports. But at the same time, it was that year that really helped me develop as a journalist and develop as a storyteller because it got my brain going and learning different things. Well, that's, a, that's a beautiful story. I wish I had more time to pick your brain sure, about no just problem. the whole like time aspect yeah, yeah, of yeah. being a student athlete and you know doing all this oh, broadcast it was, stuff. It was, it was, it was, that sounds it, oh my god it was wild it was wild but committing myself full-time to that program was one of the best decisions i ever made it was a lot of fun a lot all of right fun. yeah so i want to sort of jump to when you got out of college and needed to find a job in the industry yep. it was nice because you you really said advice that a lot of people i hear from say on this podcast and this show is do news do politics do weather you know do a bunch of other stuff you know broaden your perspective so i really like how you were able yeah, to do I that. I minored in political that. science. Like that was oh, wow. one thing okay. my news director told me. Yeah. I tell kids this here too. Like, mm. do a minor that makes you write, because you are going to have to write your entire career. I don't care what you do. You're going to have to write blog posts. You're going to have to write, you know, headline stuff. You're going to have, you know, if you have a podcast or something, you're going to have to write a description. Yep. So do something that help makes you write. So it yeah. was it was three choices for me: history, English, or political science. I was like. Well, I love history anyway, so that would be too easy. Mm. Political science was something I, I've never done. And English, man, about killed me my, my senior year of high school. <laughs> Those papers were just crazy. So I thought political science would have been the good avenue. Uh, and I, that ended up being some of my favorite classes ever in college, uh, just because from the arguments we had had, the papers we would write. And so it was just it was a good time. It was a good time. All right. Well, we'll talk about... Um uh, just how you sort of enter the industry, and then yep. we'll get into some of the specifics for the last 15 minutes. So coming out of college, you're looking for a job, whether it's sports, news, I guess, whatever. Just coming out of college, what was your approach to finding a job? When did you start applying? Was that stressful, a lot of denial? Were you willing to go anywhere? Yep. Were you trying to stay in Houston? What was that process like? Well, I knew Houston was probably out of reach. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the day, that, you know, nowadays it seems like uh, some markets, I guess people, they're hiring people out of college, which is a little different. Uh, nowadays, there's just so many different avenues, man. When I was, when I was leaving for college, uh, I started applying March and April, of my junior year back then. I was like the last generation to like use CDs and like send out packets. I was just telling the story about this the other day. Like I used to go to Walgreens. My dad and I probably spent thousands of dollars sending out tapes to stations all across the country. I probably applied to 60 or 70 jobs 
all across the country. And we'd go, we'd get these nice folders from uh, Walmart. One side would have my cover letter and resume on it. One side would have my the CD that I would send yeah. to people, and I made sure the packet was all nice. And, man, I applied to every and any job, even jobs that I wasn't qualified for. Like, I just I just sent stuff out for. Um, I sent stuff all over. And uh, I ended up getting a call back from Monroe, Louisiana, and I was their weekend sports anchor there for 10 months. And then after 10 months, San Antonio, Texas called me. And I ended up being there for two years, but they had my original tape that oh, I had sent wow. them out of college. They had it in a stack. It was in the middle of the stack, and they needed a number three guy. And they ended up going through it, and they found my tape that I had sent them out of college. Uh, they didn't even know I landed a job in Monroe until they until we talked and all that. Uh, it just shows you, though, you never know who's going to call yeah. you back. You never know who's going to read your stuff. Nowadays, it's all a link. It's it's much easier. Um, but man, I used to, I used to, I send stuff out from everywhere, and I know it always says don't email, email, send somebody an email, introduce yourself, of whether course. it is like a main anchor, whether it is somebody you're applying to, a news director, somebody, just make a connection. Hey, just to let you know, I sent you an email about this stuff. Just want to introduce myself. Here's a little bit about me. Um, I, I sent a follow up to everybody. Um, I, I had, somebody told me the other day that I guess. 20 years ago, the station used to send rejection letters. Uh, I never got any rejection letters, thankfully. I just didn't get a lot of callbacks. Yeah. So, okay. uh, you know, that's sometimes how it works. Yep. And uh, But I, I did end up getting some callbacks and some interviews. But my advice to people when you're applying, apply everywhere. So many different ways uh, to get into this business and to do different things. Like, it doesn't matter where you are. You just need to go somewhere that is going to give you reps and live reps, whatever it is, towards your career. You want to be on TV? Find somewhere that's going to put you on TV five days a week. Live reps five days a week, which is a big thing. You want to be on radio? Find somewhere that's going to give you opportunities to be live on the radio, to do radio work every day. You can do a podcast? Find some somewhere. I don't care what you're talking about. I don't care if you're talking about ice fishing in Alaska. Go there and do a podcast about ice fishing in Alaska five days a week that where you're getting those reps early on in your career because that's the key. When, when you're getting right out of college, you got to get somewhere where that you can dig your teeth in, you can dig your feet in, and you can really invest in it and grow. Um, and those were the spots where I were looking to – what I was looking to find when I was uh, – searching for jobs right out of college. Yeah, and, and I was just going to ask you just what advice you give, but I think you summed it up pretty well there. Sure. I, I put that in the notes. That was awesome. Um, so let's kind of deviate over to your time with uh, 12 News, 12 Sports here in the Phoenix area. Yeah. Obviously, that's why you're you're here in person. You're, you're just a few minutes away. So you've been there since 2014. I know you do Friday Night Lights with high school football. You've covered the Cardinals. You've covered the Diamondbacks. You name it. I was introduced to you. I remember uh, you, you did... Uh, you did a package story on uh, Luis Gonzalez for the 2001 D-backs. You did you, you like went to Chase Field. Oh yeah. And you, you you did something with him, and I saw that on the on the nightly news yeah. when I was going to bed. I was like, oh wow. That's, yeah, that's that pretty was awesome. That right? was pretty cool. So he he walked us through his. And we've all heard the story. We've seen it. Of course. You know what I mean? Yep. The one thing, and Gonzo even said this. The one thing he's never done was like take you st step by step through that whole process. Yeah. I've thought about the idea for, for years. I've always wanted to get that perspective on it because he's talked about it at length in many interviews mm -hmm. about what it was like to, to have that moment. I mean, it's one of those wake-up-and-dream type of moments, you know, where you go to sleep as a kid. you like, got to get the game-winning World Series hit bottom of the ninth, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, But he had never walked through it like that. So he, it was really – it was one of the cooler assignments that I've done in my career just because it's gonzo. Like – 
Luis yeah. Gonzalez. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. World Series hero. Like, I remember sitting on my couch with my dad watching that moment. You know, you couldn't root for the Yankees because they were the Yankees. Mm-hmm. So you, everybody's rooting for the Diamondbacks. And so to see Gonzo take you through it, like from the dugout, what he was thinking, up the steps, onto the on-deck circle. I, and one of the one thing I'll always remember throughout this piece, he was like describing being on the on-deck circle, what he was about to do. He remembers looking around. He's thinking of everything. He's thinking of what the pitcher's going to throw. He's like his parents and childhood are popping into his head. And then all of a sudden, when it was his turn to bat, his perspective about the moment, he goes, went from here to like this. And when he did that, you were like, wow. Like that's – he could – like it's just crazy to think about. You all of a sudden see all this, and when it's your time to hit – your vision just goes to, like, that's all you see out of your eyes. Um, It it was just really cool to hear something he hadn't done before, and so it was was neat. All right, so jumping off of that, um, I I guess whether it's that story or just really any story you approach, um, just talk about the process of you storytelling, making packages specifically. Talk about how much time does it take, what do you look for when you're making a package, and I guess just overall, if you could give some advice for people that are – trying to make packages or trying to tell broadcast stories, whether mm-hmm. that, you know, writing scripts for uh, live reads or just, you know, packages. What's your process? And I guess what's your advice that you would give for people when they're going out trying to find a story? What sure. kind of shots should you get? Stuff like that. Gosh, just, you, I, do we have an hour? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But I got a few points. How's that? We'll yeah, do, yeah, do it that way. Just give me like three or five, yeah, like, we, do this, we, do we this, got, do this. Number one what's interesting talk to everybody like that's how i find stories like literally i'll just be scrolling on twitter oh that's interesting let me make a phone call about it literally i'll be scrolling on instagram about something oh that's interesting let me make a phone call about it to whoever some you know what it's something um out and about you just be observant see what's going on you know look for different things keep your head up out of your phone um because you'll never know what you miss looking down, looking at Twitter. Like, keep your eyes up. Talk to people. Talk to everybody. Have conversations with people. Introduce yourself to people. Because you never know when it's like, oh, that's interesting. Somebody just said this. Uh, there are a few examples of that. Um, one time I was at, at the Pac-12 tournament. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm sitting at my seat on press row. And all of a sudden, I look up in the stands. This dad's going nuts. He's, like, pacing, walking up and down, fist pumping. I'm like, who is this guy? I'm laughing. I can't even watch the game. Arizona's playing in the in the Pac-12 tournament title game. I'm like, I can't even watch the game. I'm watching this dad. So I just I just start picking up my camera and I just start shooting this dad. Stay on him for five or six minutes. He's going crazy. Come to find out, that guy was one of was Arizona's point guard's dad. And that point guard made the biggest play of the game, securing the game-winning rebound for the Wildcats. And then his dad afterwards interviewed his dad. Had a great story. All, and we had the best video of the tournament because this dad's going nuts. He's fist pumping. He's praying. Then he ta- afterwards he talks about being a good Catholic, and he was just trying. It was just great stuff, man. Um, and that's all because I was just like, "That's funny. That's interesting. Let me go talk to him." So that's the biggest thing. Figure out ways uh, to be observant of what's going on around you. Find out things that are interesting because a lot of times I always say this: things that I hope interest me. I think will interest interest my audience too as well, and so if I, that's kind of how I produce things too as well. It's something that's interesting, um, and I would like to share that with people on TV. So that's kind of how I'm about going finding stories. Um, when you're putting together a package, write how you talk, 
and I, I, I know they tell you all that in class, and I know people try to explain that to you, but like the biggest way for TV, it's got to be a conversation. In sports, we can get away with, I, I always say this, using a little bit more slang because it's sports, you know what I mean? But even if you're doing a news story or whatever, tell the story how you would tell one of your friends. And clean up the grammar a little bit, obviously, but write how you would say it. Don't try and put someone else's words in your mouth. Or don't try because so-and-so writes a package this way and, and they did it. It's not probably going to work for you. You know what I mean? you got to write how you talk to people. Uh, a lot of times if I ever struggle writing, I literally turn to the wall, whatever wall, and I, just be, and I start talking to the wall like I'm talking to my mom. And I'll write it down. I'll literally be like, mom, da 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 And I'll write and I'll go back and look down what I wrote. And half the time it's what I end up putting in my package. Now I'll clean it up a little bit because it's, you know, I'm just talking out loud. But like you need to write how you would talk in real life. And a lot of times stuff that you and I say here or wherever or out and about is a lot of stuff that I say on TV. It's all the same person. Uh, it takes a long time to get to that point. I, I can pull up my tape from college. Man, everything was so... I just, I, you know what I mean? Um, and so it's, it, it took, it takes a while to get comfortable in your own skin. You know what I mean? Yeah. And your own, uh, yeah, just, it just takes a while being comfortable who you are. And, um, you know, sometimes people are nervous to, to be that open with people and it just, it just takes time doing it, but you gotta be who you are. And so that's the, that's the goal that I try everybody to get to. And finally, when you're writing a package, all right, the two most important things, the first line, and the last line. Mm. That yeah. first line has got to hook people. I don't care what it is. It's got to do something to get people to watch. Whatever it is, I would agonize over that first line. And then that last line, before you tag out, before I say Cameron Cox 12 Sports, you always want something there, something else right before that uh, to give people that last, that hook, to round it all together. So uh, in you know my old station in San Antonio, we used to have competitions who could come up with the best last line, and we'd write it on the board uh, for the week. So <laughs> that first line and that last line are so, so important. Just a quick question. Do you remember what that first line was like for that Luis Gonzalez story? <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you remember at all or like just any idea of like what you could have said? I mean, the whole thing was so interesting, but like did you think of like some – Hook, do you remember? I don't remember. That's okay. I, I, I just thought I, 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 I don't remember. Um, but I, th those are like stuff I agonize over. So like when I'm writing, yeah. piece, I got to write a story today. Takes a while. And like this morning, I woke up and I, I, I wrote down a few different things that I was thinking about writing in the package, and I haven't really figured out what it started with yet. And so it's just, it's, I don't. But those fir that first and last line are all important. And then overshoot everything. Shoot as you know, I always say. Tell my photographer the same thing, and when I'm shooting myself, I always shoot a ton of B-roll because you never know what you're going to use, like as much B-roll as you possibly can. That's what I always like, the more the merrier. Um, and then if you ever have to include a stand-up in it, just remember, stand-ups, the reason for stand-ups is stuff you cannot show. So if you don't have video of something, boom, there's your stand-up, mm -hmm. and then you know exactly where to put it in your story. Man, see, this is uh, whoever's listening. This is why we do an hour instead of a half hour. No, this has been incredible. And hey, I, I, we're covering good. enough. We're covering yeah. enough, and it's been awesome. All right. Well, we got like five more minutes, so let me try and just uh, fly through a couple more things. Sure. I wanted to ask you, what is your approach when you are, and you don't have to go too deep, but just a couple of sort of rapid fire questions. Um, what's your approach when you're you cover high school sports, you've mm -hmm. covered collegiate sports, you've covered professional sports? Does your approach change at all when you are 
covering each individual sport. Big I, time. And I, I would, yeah, I would guess it would. Yeah. But at the same time, when you're covering high school sports, is it less exciting, quote unquote, or mm-hmm. is it is the preparation less? Mm-mm. That's what I would think. So just talk no. about how yes they are different but also how the work's the same the storytelling process and all of that sure. is the same just talk about that it's it's from an excitement level mm-hmm. from a i get jazzed up to cover friday nights here in arizona the same way i get jazzed up to go to an asu football game the same way i get jazzed up to be um on a football sunday with the cardinals wherever we're at because it's the same it's it's all the same yeah you want the viewer who's ever watching. They're taking the time to watch you. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure to give them the best quality of stuff. You want to make sure to give them the best content. You know, you always want to find the best moments. You don't always, uh, as I always say, you don't always get a birdie. Sometimes you got to grind out a par or a bogey. Sometimes uh, that's just how it works. But it's, um, I get excited for all of that. Uh, some differences in covering it. When it comes to high school sports, like on a Friday night, I will never say who throws an interception. I don't like calling out kids like that. I don't like. I will okay. never say who fumbles the ball in a high school thing. I'll say who makes the play yeah. uh, because there's no need to call out high school kids. They're not my kids. They're someone else's kids. You so know. you'll highlight the positive, like yeah, who I, got the interception, yeah, and who yeah, forced the fumble, yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. That's interesting. Highlight the okay. positives. Uh, I, I think that's important. I think it's important to celebrate high school sports. Uh, those kids are all working hard. It's a special time in their lives. I, th- I think those are more of a celebration mm. than everything than anything else. And those are important to spotlight because a lot of those kids will never get those moments ever again. You know, they won't go into college and stuff like that. Professional and college athletes are a little different. I think are more open to criticism, especially professional athletes. Yeah. I think that's when you, you know, you have your opinions. You, you know, you're especially when it comes to the card. We're going to talk about them today and their lack of free agent moves. So, um, you know, I see fans are pretty fired up this week oh, about I bet it. They so, are. Yeah. it's 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 that's the difference in that. You know, high school athletes is just I, I think those are kind of off limits in, in certain things. And then, but professional and college athletes, I think it's a little different. Story. That did that take time for you to sort of gain yeah. that perspective? Oh, yeah. Like when you were first entering the industry, yeah. obviously, you know, well, someone yeah, like because, me I mean, or just a bunch of people, it's like, oh, I want to cover the prof- my favorite team, my sure. favorite professional team. So when you're covering, did that take a, a little bit to adapt to? Or it, how did it, you adapt it, to that? It did because I think we're all brought up and we watch – what ESPN does, and yep. we're like, man, we're going to do it that way, and yep. that's how we're going to do yeah. it, and that's what we're going to say, and that's what we're going to talk about. It's like, no, not really. Like, you got to do different things. And, and, like, in college, man, I was covering 1A sports, 2A sports, you know, high school, uh, you know, D- D2 football. And that's not covering the Texans and the, I mean, I'm just talking Houston sports, or the Astros or here the Diamondbacks or the Cardinals. It's, it's just all different. And so um, it's, it's got to be treated different in, yep. in a way. You got, that's why you got to be in the moment, and that's why it's, it's, it's important to remember that. Okay, we got two more minutes. I'm sure. going to ask you one more question. I always kind of like asking these sort of broader, you know, advice questions. So let me just ask you, you're in an industry where you're doing something today, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Every Saturday. Day. 20, you know, you're not working 24-7, but 24-7, there's always something you have to think yeah. about, right? So just talk about how you are able to sort of manage your time, oh, work man. it, and I know <laughs> you got two minutes, but just briefly, what is it like just not working a 9-to-5, 
How do you go out and I, I saw you, you like to go work on your golf swing. Yeah. You like to watch movies. What, where do you I saw fit Batman that? the other night. It was fantastic. There you go. How'd you find time for that? Just talk about uh, what do you do? I mean, do you, do you play out your schedule like every Sunday? This is what I'm doing for the yeah. week. This is what I'm doing today. This is what I'm doing this month. What is that like? So that's a, it's a briefly, it's, it's briefly, been a constant yeah. change, constant change. Yeah. I've, okay. And I've struggled at it throughout my entire career. It's something I've never been really good at. I'm starting to get better at now. Uh, but I'll say this, uh, early on in your career, put your head down, go to work. Work hard. Find you find ways to make yourself different, to make yourself stand out. Um, don't ever lose that work ethic because that's always important throughout your entire career. Those who work hard get what they deserve. I'm a firm believer in that. My dad was the same way. Um, so I think that's important. But you also got to find time for you. So enjoy your off days. Uh, in, enjoy some time where you can get a moment to go to the movies, go to a golf course, hang out with friends. You know, a lot of times early on in my career, I always kind of picked work. And it's part of the reason why I got to where I'm at, which I'm very thankful and blessed for. But, you know, sometimes you look back and you're like, man, I wish I would have done some certain things here. Wish I would have been able to find a better balance. It's something I'm still working on, so I don't really have the best tip for it. But in life, you got to find that balance. It's important to be in the moment of places. Um, and so for me, that involves like kind of like you said, I don't necessarily write out my schedule, but I figure out ways to like open up my schedule and like figure out times and, and put everything together. So um, I just tell people, find a good balance to life. Work hard, but, but remind yourself to find a good balance to life and divide up different things. That's beautiful. I mean, no one has the perfect answer. Yeah, That's something we all strive yeah, to something figure that out. I just, always try to. You know, so. I always try to get everybody's perspective on that. Well, it is 10 o'clock, unfortunately. Wish we had more time, but... I'm going to guarantee this right now. I will have you back on Let's in go. the future. I know you work with Lena Washington. She's awesome. I'm going to try and get both of you guys on sometime down the road if sure. I can. But if you want to follow Cameron Cox and the stuff he does, go give him a follow on Twitter at CamCox12. That's C-A-M-C-O-X-12. Posts all of his stuff there. I mean, daily, he's retweeting, tweeting his content. So if you want to follow along with him, just give him a follow there. I shot him a DM on Twitter. So if you ever need to ask him a question or have any advice, I guarantee that he will likely respond and and be willing to help out so thank you cameron for coming on it's it's been a pleasure and uh how to sports will be back next sunday thanks buddy appreciate it thank you so much for listening to how to sports as you heard in the recording we had some technical difficulties which is why this episode is a lot shorter than usual but as time goes on we will be able to hash those problems out at the end of the day we are just glad that we were able to get something recorded for you guys cameron was an amazing guest and it turned out really well Looking ahead at next week, we will be live in the studio again, and we will have our first sports podcaster joining the show, maybe even two. We will see what happens, but next week will be big for many reasons that we will reveal in the near future. To follow along for news, updates, and daily listener interaction, make sure to follow us on Twitter at HT Sports Show and Instagram, also the HT Sports Show. You can listen to us on all podcast listening platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It was a pleasure talking to Cameron, and it's been a pleasure trying to serve a large community of sports industry enthusiasts. And until next time, have a great day and even a better day tomorrow. Peace.